Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, a weekly look at the world of hockey with your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. So, John Cooper, the Tampa Bay Lightning, is now the longest tenured coach in the NHL. He was promoted from the AHL, Syracuse, to Tampa in 2013. How long do you think he's got before he's fired? Because everyone has a shelf life. Unless they win the whole thing, he's out by midseason next next year. So 2021 is my midseason. 2021 is my prediction. Unless they unless they make the conference finals, I think he's gone at the end of this season. That was my original thought, kind of coming into today, but. Despite, you know, the quote unquote abundance of the pool of 35 guys that all, you know, get hired for the same jobs over and over again, I'm not sure there's a better fit to push this team over the edge right now. So I think Gabby. Gabby is the only one I was questioning. I I think team morale would go through the roof. And that may be all it takes with that team is just that. My biggest question would be. I love Cassie in the background laughing at us. She's like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, I covered him. Yeah, mm-hmm. here's, a, here's a team with two defenders signed going into next season and then two RFAs. So you've got Hedman and, and Colburn presumably back. You've got Sergachev and Sarnak, which, okay, he's a. They're both on their, they're finishing up their ELCs. Is Gabby the right guy for this team that, I mean, I presume Shattenkirk won't be back. Like he's going to be one of the victims of the, the cap crunch. Luke Shen. Yeah. Is Luke Shen. I'm not sure if Gabby coming in with partially, you know, a completely new deep, at least you know, two to three new defenders is the right coach to kind of put them over the edge. This isn't a team that needs to, to, to get offensive players going. And it's not a team that needs to, at least what was working in Minnesota was he was, you know, getting the most and getting some results out of the young guys after a certain point in time. Um, you know, he, he can probably win the whole damn thing with, with Tampa, despite what I'm saying, but I think Cooper survives this season, unless it's a first-round loss. <laughs> and so basically, so basically uh, you're saying that... Well, no, well, wait. So why why middle of the season next season? What what would it take I, for that? I think I think right now, based on the way, the way they're playing and the way the East is playing itself out, I think they can make it to the cup finals. I don't know if they can survive an injury or two and win the cup. I like, I, I think Boston's fool's gold right now. I think, I think they are one Bergeron or Marchand injury away from kind of just being, you know, middle of the pack. Well, I mean, they've all that Kosh has been injured for him. 
Oh yeah. And, and they're still playing well. Oh, this is quite true. Because he just got traded there and was already injured. Ha- have they had a game with him in the lineup? No. <laughs> or excuse me, as a scratch. <laughs> no. Uh, yesterday would be. Because he got traded yesterday, so de- he was officially on the roster, so he yeah, was officially he... a scratch yesterday. <laughs> well, uh, um, yeah, injured scratch. Oh, right. yes. They, they, well, they're they're out on the West Coast, are they not? Yeah, I think yeah. they, yeah, 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 they are. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I fell asleep during the uh, Dallas-St. Louis game because it got real dull real fast. <laughs> what do you mean? Aren't um, hockey fans all about goal scoring? No, it was more. I didn't need to see any more close-ups of Rick Bonus. <laughs> Throughout the, oh. I mean, during the second period, they were on <laughs> the Dallas broadcast was was on him. I mean, they might have highlighted that him more than they highlighted Jamie Ben at any point. Uh, there are so many Jamie Ben jokes right now. That, uh, and that's so, that. That's why the player that that, that I went with in that. <laughs> so Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> um. <clears throat> uh. So if if and I I don't think I think whether Cooper survives the summer or not depends entirely upon how Tampa ends their season. Um. But my question for you, Patrick, is this. If Cooper gets fired this summer, does Seattle pick him up? Because that would really, I would not be happy with that. (laughs) But I could totally see it happening. That Seattle coaching thing is really. It's going to depend on who's available at the time. It it largely is, but excuse me. Um, We've effectively got like another season to go. (laughs) <laughs> before they're in so everyone's like oh you know Gallant is available Gabby's available you know and and some of these other and I'm just like yeah for now you know come talk to me uh, you know come talk to me in six or seven months because that'll tell you when that'll that'll give you a visual of the landscape of who's available so if Cooper even be later than that, because I mean they're going to want to coach in time for the draft in the expansion draft, but they don't necessarily need one much sooner than like right. a, a year from April. Right, really. and that's and that's why I was always confused why people assumed that Dave Tippett was going to just hang around until the franchise was raring to go and then become the head coach. I'm like, if he wants to coach, he's going to leave and go coach. Mm-hmm. He may have just taken this job to give himself some breathing room and, you know, sort of be more selective about the coaching job he took, which is what I think he was doing. Hey, I want a paycheck type thing. But as far as who's going to end up being the coach, God, just. Well, no, it's a, it's not who's going to end up I, being I, the coach. It's, yeah, it's true. If Cooper is available. At the time they decide to hire a coach, will Seattle pick Cooper? That's the question. They'll want a name. They'll want somebody with a resume of of some import. Uh, I don't see Cooper really wanting the job. 
I mean, if he gets canned at the end of this season or midway into next season, I think I think he finds I think he lands another job somewhere else sooner rather than later. Cough, Toronto, cough. Mm. Um, or uh, oh. Detroit. <laughs> no, you just want to see the world, but I don't see Detroit. No, I don't. You don't think Iserman hired him in the first place? Yeah. Promoted into the NHL in the first place. Yeah, but was weren't you the one that told us that it was Bruce I mean, Law who, who huh? hired him for or or found him for Syracuse initially, right? For the AHL, yeah, he was an yeah. AHL coach. But Julian Breezebaugh is the one who found him for Syracuse, right? And then Iserman promoted him. Right. So, I mean, yes. is that is he Iserman's guy or is he Breezebaugh's guy? Because he kind of sounds like a little bit of both. Right. And I don't – everyone jumping – God, people are just chomping at the bit to get Detroit fixed. I'm like, it ain't going to happen. I no, because Iserman's taking the long view on this one. He's, he's right, going to try is, to build from within. Which is why and, – and I know it's going to drive people crazy, which is why I don't see Blaschel getting fired after the end of the season. Are they going to be ready next year? No. Nope. Not even close. <clears throat> Just like well, the no. Tampa question, who's going to play defense for them next year? They have one person signed. Yeah. Well, and if they're not careful, they'll end up like Toronto. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, I, I don't think he is... It w- now I'll be completely wrong and they'll prove me wrong, but I don't think he's a, I don't think he's on anyone's hit list if he's available for a a expansion franchise head coach because I think he lands in that Quinville Babcock stratosphere of ego mm-hmm. where I'm kind of a you know I'm better than that I've coached the you know the best team in NHL regular season history tied. I, you know, I've I had this amazing record for my entire tenure. The last thing I want to do is, you know, I want to win a Stanley Cup, and that's not going to happen here immediately, right. despite the whole Vegas, Vegas flu that everyone thinks Seattle's going to get. Um, so, so what you're saying is he needs Cooper to get a job. He kind of needs that Quinville in Colorado tenure. To kind of soften him up a little before he can potentially do the thing and win somewhere. Oh, it was St. Louis that really softened Quinville up. Because he left Colorado to go take over St. Louis, thinking that he was... No, it was the other way around. So he he was... St. Louis to Chicago? Or did he go St. Louis, Colorado? St. Louis to Colorado... Oh yeah, yeah. Then yeah. Colorado okay, to Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The okay, yeah, yeah. Because he came home to Colorado. Correct. After yeah, that's right. Because he was an assistant with Colorado for the Cup run, and then went to take the head coach. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, I always get turned around because I was. I just remember I've got a picture of the ninety. Um, Six. Ninety six. Yes, I was getting two thousand one. I'm making gestures with my hands that you guys can't <laughs> things and can see I'm doing magic. The 96 cup with him standing there mustachioed um, or her suit, as people like to say. So, yeah, I think he would. He, 
he would need to find a job somewhere that would basically slap his ego around before he was able to find the job where he would could get the cup if that was the path he chose which is why I sort of mockingly said Toronto because every coach with the ego the size of a small gas giant wants to coach Toronto because they think they can be the ones to break the curse and especially when you look at that roster you get sort of starry-eyed and you'd be like yeah I can fix that and boy howdy (laughs) you know boy howdy how many coaches are are falling by the wayside in the 406 or 416 416? I don't remember they just call it the six because you know only one area code has a six at the end of it um right uh, I I kind of see what you're saying, though, Pat. I think the start of the season, the leash on him was unbelievably short. At the end of the season, I think they were going to ride all the way through with the season with Cooper and then cut bait if they continued to play that way or got bounced in the first round. But the way they have kicked into Tampa gear, I think there's a chance it buys him a few months next season. But I, th- I still think, you know, it's going to be one of those Bruce Boudreaux things, right? You can't do it in game seven. You know, you're canned. I only lost one game seven. Give me a chance next year. No, you're done. So, uh... yeah, see, I don't, I don't think that Tampa makes it to the Eastern Conference final. I'm going to give them the second round this year, but um, <laughs> that's that's about as far as I'm willing to take it. <laughs> the only reason I think they got a chance is because the way the playoff branch is set up, it, it's almost like what San Jose got in the year that they went to the cup final. It was sort of the golden road type thing mm-hmm. because the other rounds were just slobber knockers and San Jose kind of had it easy, right? The two big boys beat the living crap out of each other for seven games. And by the time San Jose got them, you know, one of them was completely gassed and San Jose kind of had a little easy cruise through their first round, second round. And, you know, kind of the same thing on the other side, by the time they got to the conference finals, the team they were facing had been beaten to death because the Western conference that year was just, a monster, you know, the, the likes of Anaheim and, 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 uh, uh, um, Chicago was, and LA were still, you know, that, that California Valley of death was still king of the castle and Chicago was still at the top of their game largely. So I think the East is kind of taking that mantle this year and it's almost like last year to a certain degree, right? You had one sweep in the first round and then that team got swept in the next round because the team they were facing, I don't know. It's it's weird. If they can get the right first round draw, like if they match up against Toronto, oh, it's I yeah. I think that greatly favors Tampa's chances of making a run and potentially winning. You know, yeah. avoiding whoever scraps in from from the Metro as, you know, the first place in the Atlantic. Um, and then, you know, Boston, as well as they are playing, I think they are flawed. 
just like every team and it just takes the right type of matchup and i'm not sure if uh i think tampa could beat boston in the I don't think they could beat them in the first round. I think they need to win a round to get past the Bruins. But then I, it's kind of weird right now. The way every team is playing in the league, you know, all the division leaders, everyone's kind of coming back to earth except for Boston and Tampa a bit in the last two to three weeks. Yeah, Boston so, and Tampa both in their last 10 have won nine games. Yeah. yeah. And I see no, no team in the West – that Tampa couldn't, you know, either sweep or survive a seven-game series. Like, I don't know, Colorado. It depends on if if Colorado managed if they got to get healthy. Yeah, well, they they have to get healthy, and if they make any like trades before the trade deadline. Hello, recording this two days before the trade deadline. Um, Which means everything's going to happen tonight because that is, you know. No, it all happened on Monday because we post on Tuesday now. <laughs> oh, it is good. It, 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 wait, I think that math checks out. It will yeah. all happen Monday. So I, it depends on who comes back healthy and if Sackick, who Sackick trades in, I think. I are we kind of in agreement that the West is fodder for whoever comes out of the East? No. Yeah. Okay. So you think they're caught? <laughs> okay. So give me your two West teams that you think could survive because the East is just a freaking juggernaut. I mean, it's you, you're talking. You know, it's sort of like a, a a tribe of lions, and they're all alphas, and they're just beating the living crap out of each other. I think and Dallas. One of them will make it. I think Dallas and St. Louis can beat any of the teams in the East only based on the way they play. They are suited to play well in the playoffs. And I I mean, outside of experience factors and maybe just Boston being the, you know, the stereotype still exists, even though they play completely different, they're, I'm not sure which team can survive a big, heavy physical series. See, I'm thinking, like, Patrick, what you just said, they're going to beat up on each other. So whoever comes in at the Eastern Conference Final is going to be limping into the Eastern Conference Final because they've been beat up for three rounds. So Al, they've been beat up for the last, you know, two months prior to that, too, you know, because all the division games and conference games. So and I think one's fighting for a playoff spot. That's the other thing. You know, you've got you've got that dog pack, and I'm you know mixed metaphors high. Um, <laughs> you know, in and around there, nobody is outside of maybe Pittsburgh and 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 uh, Boston and Tampa. Nobody's really sort of secure in a playoff spot. And even those three teams, you know, there are scenarios where they can get bounced by the way that pack is chasing them. Yeah. See, I think I think uh, Colorado has a lot of firepower, and I think that they could probably outgun anyone in the in the East. I think Edmonton would just baffle the shit out of everybody. Sorry, language. Because um, <laughs> I mean, Edmonton is sitting fifth in the Western Conference, and I don't think anyone expected them to make it out of the basement. You know. <laughs> 
We're going to fine you $5,000 for abuse of an official. Yeah. <clears throat> no, 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 no. That, that's a player fine. That, that, that's a $10,000 fine. Oh, we're considering Our ourselves coaches? Well, Aren't you our coaches? We, we don't have a player <laughs> CBA. And those sweet, sweet negotiations like getting fined like $1,500 if you squirt a water bottle at somebody. We need a, we need a podcast CBA. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying, Brooksy. <laughs> the NHLPA? No, wait, that's already taken. So it can't be the National Hockey League Podcasting Association. We'll come mm, up with something. We'll have to work on the, that. The, the Podcasting PC. Association of? The panel? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the panel? Or, or like the PC, H, N, W, L, A, Q, R, S, M, O, U, S, E. Isn't that a Quebec league where old guys is. go to fade into existence? The ones where they just, where if they don't have a fight, you get your refund. Um, yeah. <laughs> nice. Anyway. Yeah, Edmonton would baffle people. Because they're just a very confusing team. I mean, on paper, they look like they shouldn't be anywhere near playoffs. <laughs> well, we you know, again, <laughs> raise your hand if you had Kyler Yamamoto solving the Edmonton Oilers' dry sidle and McDavid woe. Yeah. Bingo. And that they... was my free spot in the middle. Yeah. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Thank God he did. Um yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. <clears throat> I'm not sold on Dallas. Dallas still gives me that yeah type feeling. Like yeah, they sure look good, but ew, they don't look. See, good. I'm looking at that Colorado gold goal differential of plus forty five, and then Dallas right beneath them at plus seven. <laughs> yeah, Dallas doesn't look good. Looking good, you know. Yeah. They haven't looked good while they've looked good. It's been a real it's been a real weird Western Conference and especially that team in Calgary. Oy. Yeah, I'm looking at Calgary going, how how can you have thirty one wins and have a goal differential of minus eleven? Right. <laughs> right. How do you do that? <laughs> Not to mention a losing record at home. Which right. What playoff team has a losing record at home? <laughs> How does this? There's some voodoo going on there. Somebody, uh, somebody like did some um, some sacrificing of something. There's a really bad joke I can make right now about Bill Peters, but I'm going to refrain from it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, they have 31 wins because they've dined out on shootouts. Six shootout mm. wins. Oh, you're right. Like the first thing I I tend well, to do six is... shootouts. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I mean this. I'm looking at this this whole like um, Calgary line going. I mean the in the standings, and I'm just like 31 wins minus 11 goal differential, but they're six and one in the shootout with a losing record at home. This this is like witchcraft. There's something going on here. <laughs> right? I tell you, that is the team that confuses me. Like, at least with Dallas, I can say they have trouble scoring because they just play 
differently against each and every team. Right. But when you play that same team over and over again, you pick up on little things and it, it, it's why, you know, third and fourth liners turn into offensive juggernauts mysteriously. It's because when you see the same thing over and over again and you don't have that innate Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, I can think two seconds ahead of you. Their little, you know, programmable brains slowly catch up to the competition and they remember, oh yeah, I remember how to score a goal. I'm kind of thinking that's what could happen to Dallas. I'm not saying it will, but I see the potential for it. Well, and that's sort of why I say they don't look good looking good. I don't see anything in there that, I don't see that spark. I don't see that threat. You know, they they look really good, but they don't look good looking good. Yeah. You know, there's there's just not that there's like a cohesive style of game that you kind of expect to see. Almost like that Soviet, you know, five man unit type thing. Everyone's working in concert. It just it's I don't see it. And if they trade for Joe Thornton, <laughs> oh boy Eddie. What, he's not going back to Boston because of the narratives. What? Boston? Oh <clears throat> uh, no, I've 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 heard things around here in uh, Boston that um, <laughs> not not anything bad about Joe Thornton, but uh, more about uh, how Joe Joe Thornton, whenever he comes to Boston, whenever the Sharks play Boston, he never leaves a hotel, he never goes anywhere, he just comes in, does his jobs, ju- does his job and leaves. He wants nothing to do with anybody or anything here. Can you blame him? No, but I mean, you know, all the rumors, oh, he should go back to Boston. I'm like, uh, I think he would rather retire <laughs> than come back to Boston. <laughs> well, he probably had to listen to too many Sean's on the talk radio. Oh, God. Yeah, this is Sean from Nantucket. Foxborough. <laughs> yeah. I'm out in the vineyard. <laughs> I'm in Worcester. I'm in Worcester. Yeah, Bruins have no business trading for, for Joe Thornton. He's not good at hockey anymore. So. Well, you do that too well. I live here. You do that too well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what happens when um, uh, you hang out with a bunch of people from the East Coast while you're at university. Mm-hmm. Um our roommate was from Brooklyn. One of his best friends was from from, from Brooklyn. I was gonna say New Jersey because from Brooklyn school. No, um, no, we had people down there from Massachusetts and Brooklyn. You know, all over the East Coast. Some some Yinzes, You know, mm. hey, use coming on down here from Pittsburgh. <laughs> Yinzes okay. Yeah, uh, let's go get some Philly cheesesteaks with fries all over them. Yeah. That's what Yins is an old for. Um, now, the rumors were uh, there's there is a rumor out there floated that he has apparently does have a list of teams he's willing to be traded to if it comes to that. Right. There's like five or something. And, yeah, and Colorado like is on the list. Yeah. Colorado, Dallas, Boston. I don't buy the bus. See, that's why I don't think that yeah, list not is by real. Boston. I think yeah. it's just people making up stuff. Because they want to see it. Yeah, I, I, it's basically the five sort of 
high hit contenders for Stanley Cup final this year. But, they did uh, have um oh I just saw that too. Um one of the guys from the athletic uh the San Jose chapter had uh I saw a quote from an article of theirs. Joe Thornton was saying that he 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 wouldn't, you know, going to contender might might be, you know, could be a good thing maybe. Just kind of rolling it around in his head. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's like, well, I mean, you know, yes, that of any guy, and pretty much that's what they're going to say. Right. Anybody that's sitting outside of a playoff spot is going to be like, yeah, you know, it would be kind of fun going to play for a play. Ask half the damn Ottawa Senators. Hey, Thomas Shabbat, what, do you, what would you say about being traded to Dallas? Well, that's really interesting, huh? <laughs> I never really thought about that before out loud. Um <laughs> I've never one had. I've never had anyone ask me that question who wasn't related to me, um, or my agent. Um, right. My question is, and I, I, I'm not a Joe Thornton stand by any by any stretch of the imagination, but this is a surefire first ballot first ballot Hall of Famer. What is he gonna do for a playoff contender? He help help provide leadership in the room. For <laughs> as if as if a playoff contender needs that leadership. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I I totally know what you're saying, but that's like the common I, I know he's most common that. things said about like older players going to contenders. Oh, yeah. We have a young room and he'll bring so much wisdom and experience. And it's like, um, how many times has Jeff Thornton been in the final? Well, so here's here's the great scenario, right? Why is he being traded to Boston to bring that veteran leadership into the room? Oh yeah, Chara, Bergeron, Marsha. Mm -hmm. Um, because he's oh yeah, he can't skate anymore. Um, well, no. See, the Boston thing though is that he's coming full circle in his career. No, I, no, I, I totally get it, and in and they're a team with. But everybody a else shot. is like yeah. And then he'll play for the National Predators next season. Okay, he'll come he's back gonna, to San he's, Jose. He's going to Peter Forsberg is is the end of his career. It would kind of be fun. No, I was going to say one thing that he can do, and it's very underrated. He's good in a scrum. Oh yeah, yeah. He because is really good in a scrum. I mean, he's still got he's still got that core strength, right? I mean, he's, he's still got the got, reach on a lot of guys too. Right. Right. <laughs> And I mean, he's still a strong human being, but the reason he's good in the scrums because the scrums aren't going anywhere, <laughs> <laughs> right? He can he can catch those. <laughs> yeah, it's very easy to be good in the scrum because you don't have to skate. <laughs> <clears throat> and he's very I mean, the hands for the passing and the vision is still there, but is that is taking on all the other baggage? to bump someone down or out on your bottom six just for his power play specialty really going to be that hitch because he's not going to give you more than 10 minutes a night on a playoff team. And in a seven-game yeah, series... Some playoff teams, like, if they can find someone who, who's good on special teams, they will they'll gladly take that swap. 
especially if they have problems on special teams. <laughs> you have you have to sort of stop and and step back and look at what he does on on those special teams on that power play because let's let's be honest, he's never killing a penalty. Right. Not not at this point in his career. But what you got to have a shooter. You got to have at least two shooters. And if your power play isn't that, or you already have that setup guy, what's he bringing? Because that's his calling card. I'm going to set up on the half wall. I'm going to I'm going to sort of help quarterback this power play, and I'm going to set up guys with ridiculous passes you've never seen, and it's up to them to score because I don't shoot. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Just a reminder: this is the NHL. <laughs> 200, 200 hockey men love themselves a good veteran. Exactly. Regardless. Well, so he this... used to be, so let's sign him. Jeff Carter to Philly is what is what you're saying? Mm-hmm. To bring rings back to the room? Yeah. <laughs> well, no. So I was just flipping through kind of who are the playoff teams i'm not going to say contenders playoff teams that could just use a depth center that have you know some speed on the wing so like thornton might do something philly is about the only team i could see where it actually would work and they're not winning the cup this year right that's what i was going to say they're they'll get in they'll get the experience in that and that they, group they of can kids in that around, but they can't survive more than one or two, just depending upon matchups. But well, and you also got to step back and go, okay, if they go into the playoffs, who are they going into the playoffs with in net? Is it Hart or is it Elliot? If you're there to get experience for Hart, be prepared because yeah. if if it starts going south quick. You may have just burnt your goalie. Yeah. And, and if it's Elliot and it goes south quick, then why, you know, then Hart's, what's he learning? Oh. And the Konechny's and the Sandheim's and the Provorov's and those guys, you know, they, I, I would like to see them get that experience, but I don't know. It, I mean, you're making the same argument that, you know, Vancouver fans are probably making after the uh, Tyler Toffoli trade. Yeah, that one oh. still baffles me. Well, I get it. I mean, I, I, I get the rationale. Yeah. But from my chair, I'm not doing it. Well, you know that Benning is a sock puppet half the time for Aquilini, So, But I actually like that deal a lot. You know, Sometimes you just got to get in the show. Just get in the dance and I don't this is this is that I don't hate the deal. I don't love the deal. If this is a year later, yeah, fantastic deal. Cuz I think they're I think they're better off at not getting Atlanta thrashered in their first playoff round. <laughs> right? It's just they're, you know, they're at risk of getting walked by whatever team they run into, even with Toffoli out there. Now, you can say that sometimes to win, you have to learn to lose in the playoffs, which is, you know, sometimes it's a thing. But I guess if you're confident in, in your asset tree, 
then sure, what the hell? If you if you've got the capital to spend on, you know, the future capital to spend, I get it. I just, uh, I think it's largely because I wanted to see Tofola go somewhere else. Because now I have to hear the reunited seventies line, right? Mm. They'll they'll make Bo Horvat change his number to like seventy six or something or seventy one, so that they can put Pearson Tofoli and Horvat out there as that seventies line again. Oh no! Nostalgia. Yeah. It's all about nostalgia. Yeah, that's exactly it. Hmm. Uh. Could they trade Tanner Pearson back to Pittsburgh where he wasn't allowed to wear 70? <sighs> I thought he chose to wear for uh, chose to wear 14. He may have. I mean, then he quickly his, retreated back to something that works when he got to Vancouver. Is 70 too close to 66 for the Inzes? <laughs> you can't wear a number bigger than Mario. Who does he think he is? Marty Straka. <laughs> Sidney Crosby. Well, yeah. <laughs> Evgeny Malkin, but they've earned it, right? Quote unquote, earned it. <laughs> right. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, they got it before they earned it, so. <laughs> We don't talk about that at Promontis, okay? Mm. A mammies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, the correct answer to can't wear the highest number, Alexei Morozov. Morozov, Morozov. You say Morozov, I say Morozov. <laughs> number 95 in your program. Yeah. 95 number- in my Rolodex. <laughs> I didn't have anything else (laughs) it's been kind of I mean outside of Gabby getting fired and some kind of eh, trades yeah I mean okay so I guess it's (laughs) Leon Dreisaitl can't run his own line still apparently even though he is. <laughs> he is <clears throat> scoring at still the same. Oh, no, no, no. It's not that he can't run his own line. He's terrible defensively. That's where oh. the story That's what it's, we're that's, at now, huh? That's where we're at yeah. now. So we, so he's now Connor. Because remember, yes. Connor is defensive, horrible defensively. Okay. Yes. Okay. Because, yeah. you know, when players at the point can't hold it in, and, yeah. you know, your cent- offensively-minded center is below the goal line. It's all their fault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they don't have ludicrous speed, skating abilities to be able to backcheck. Well, you know what that could also get you? 700 career NHL goals. Nice segue. I- oh, that was smooth. Yes. Thank you. It's better than what I was going to say. <laughs> I, I've had a shirt idea rattling around. I've just never gotten around to it. Of of, of an overhead view, you know, like a, ch- a coach's uh, whiteboard of the ice when they're drawing up plays and stuff. And I just want to put that eight over there at the top, you know, left face-off circle and call it the OV office with the <laughs> capital, you know, with the Washington capital or the, you know, just because the whole DC thing, because it's just, 
I want someone to tot up, and I know it's been done. I'm just assuming because there are crazy people out there. How many he has scored from within like 20 feet of that spot? If it's not 690 something, I'm gonna be shocked. <laughs> Somebody you know had, how, yeah. had a you list earlier they... of all the teams that he scored against. Oh yeah, I just I just positionally on the ice. Oh yeah, now I know what you're talking about. Like that Stamkos play, right? I mean, it's just he's like probably what five six feet further back than from where Stamkos usually sets up, and you know it's coming. Mm-hmm. Everyone can see it coming. You just can't stop it, no matter what you do. Mm-mm. So rather than you know raising a number to the rafters for Ovechkin, can they permanently put it down in the ice of their offensive zone? Yeah, right in that spot. I think it. <laughs> I think it would be awesome. Yeah. You know when he retires, just you know lay permanently lay the number eight in that section above the left faceoff. I mean they can do it on both sides of the ice because we're always worried about symmetry. Yeah, mm. screw symmetry. Well, that's what I say, but. Wabi sabi, my friend. There is beauty and imperfection. But what what the craziest thing about his 700th goal was? It was from the other side, and my goodness, was it satisfying? Like I was I was fearing it was going to be like a butt goal, <laughs> a Jeremy Roenick. Oops, it went off the stanchion. Yeah, but no, he just oh, had one second to shoot, and it was just a beautiful sound. Went, you know, across, I believe it was Mackenzie Blackwood today. And yeah. I'm just mad. I missed it by two minutes live. Caught the replay, though, right? Oh, I I went back and watched the uh, the transition into the zone and watched the whole setup, you know, four or five times before I uh, watched the end of the game and was happy to see them lose in regulation. you just want it both ways come on yes i do um (laughs) but i can admit it (laughs) which did you which feed did you watch pat um i i watched both actually okay yeah because at at the end of the game when they announced the three stars it's kind of what the um uh, jersey feed cangelosi and and Mm -hmm. danico were saying is hook them out and say yeah you know, I'm going to be in all these highlights, but I won the game. Yep. <laughs> you know, I won the game, so he can have his cake, and I'm going to eat mine. <laughs> like, knowing I would, you know, never had a chance, never would have a chance, I would never mind giving up a career highlight goal. If you knew you were going to win the game, right? Yeah. And also, you're also a fun trivia question that, you know, after yeah, you're, you're retired, you're at that point. Mm-hmm, you will always know the answer to something when other people are kind of wishy-washy on it. Well, and then you hope that you write the complex trivia question, right? Name the goaltender who gave up Alex Ovechkin's 700th goal and went on to win five Vezinas and three Stanley Cups. <laughs> right? Because that makes it sound like you gave up someone's 700th goal. It's like, oh, he must not have been very good. Oh, God. Yeah, he's got a trophy case. <laughs> Which just makes Ovechkin look better, too, in the end. Exactly. I scored on, you know, this. Like, in as, as you know, it's the 40th anniversary of the Miracle on Ice. And you sort of reflect, I know, I'm sorry. I'm just going to, I'm just going to do this. Just, 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 okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. 
I I will. It was it was like the line from the movie when he's telling the kids, "If you score on Tretiak, keep the puck because it doesn't happen." Right. Yep. So, yep. McCann, you know, I gave up Alex Ovander Ovechkin's 700th goal and went on to do all these other things and always going. I scored on one of the greatest goaltenders. Mm-hmm. It's a win-win who's in that way. Named, who's not named Patrick Law. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, because you don't hear those. I mean, those guys, you don't hear their names when they gave up someone's 500th or, you know, 300th or 1,000th point, right? Because you kind of, by law of averages, they had to have it somewhere. Now, 700 is a different plateau. 500 is still pretty freaking big. Mm-hmm. And you know some of those guys gave up a 500th goal to someone or a 600th goal in a couple of cases. But they had such a massive career and have all this other hardware, it's not a thing. It's only a thing until you accomplish everything else after it. Yeah, and at least in Mackenzie Blackwood's case, he has won 20 games for the New Jersey Devils this season. Right. He is a good goalie. He, he just is playing in front of an AHL team. I, I, yeah. He's playing in front of a young team. And, you know, okay. consider, considering he got beat up in the mouth one game, I think he's done a fairly good job. Yeah. His numbers are impressive. He... He is the only reason they are haven't been eliminated from the playoffs like Detroit. <laughs> the only reason. <laughs> By the way, Detroit. Cassie. Yeah, sorry, Cassie. Do you do you still have those goal differential numbers up? What's Detroit at now? Like one seventy or something? Oh, give me a second here. I closed the tab, but I just. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Got... That's okay. It's fucking easy. I've got gotcha. you. I've got gotcha. you. Negative one oh eight. Oh, it's only 108. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Who's who's next behind them? Ottawa. But can you guess the number? It's like 50 something, isn't it? Negative 45. Yeah, I knew it was somewhere around there. It was like close to half of what Detroit like, had. There, there is this little grouping of Anaheim, San Jose, Jersey, LA, and Ottawa. They're negative 35 to 45 and then everyone else is like okay this is kind of reasonable i just love you know my poor friends in san jose are so like if we go on a run we're gonna you know we have a chance to make the playoffs <laughs> with all these injuries and i'm going to have did you look at your goal differential before all of those injuries even happened mm-hmm. and i would like to point out that do you believe 108 no it should be negative 109 when you yeah, factor in the no, when you factor in the dumb shootout numbers that the NHL throws into that column. Oh, the goal that somebody scored that nobody scored. Yeah, even though we don't count every goal from the shootout and the goal differential, <clears throat> which God, I kind of prefer. So yeah, they should be sitting at negative one oh nine. I don't mind them not counting everyone scored in the shootout. But the but the one who wins it should get it because that was the last goal scored. That's the one they're that's the one they're declaring as the the winner. Winner, yeah. That person should get a goal, should get a GWG, 
and boom, be done with it. Otherwise, I've got a four to three win and nobody scored the fourth goal. How do you have a four to three win? Ugh, damn league. Fuzzy math. There are three kinds of mathematicians, those who can add and those who can't. Mm-hmm. Maths. Math should grow up and solve its own problems. I've found X a number of times. I'm tired of finding it. Quit losing it. Um, every time I'm asked to find it, I've said, I've already found it 12 times this semester. Can someone stop losing X? <laughs> and with that, I'll stop with the bad dad jokes. Um, anything else? Do we want to address the, the, the referee fallout? Yes. With Brendan Gallagher? Oh, wait. What, what happened with Gallagher? this at the end of the Dallas game last week where Dallas roared back and oh that part yeah and 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 okay they conveniently found audio of of Dean Morton the ref telling Gallagher to go yes perform a sexual activity that's anatomically impossible They conveniently boosted the audio of him saying that, but sort of left out everything that Gallagher was yelling at him prior. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention this exchange happens God knows how many times a year because there's... You know, a game? 20, <laughs> how many times a game? <laughs> 20 to 30 referees per season working more than 1,200 games. Yeah, of course this sort of stuff's going to happen. Okay. But here, here's my question. One. Was Evander Kane wrong? Or was Evander so was, Kane right? That was leading to that. Because um, th- that's that's where my mind sparked as soon as you mentioned it. Well, that was that was part of it. It was these were two sort of almost concurrent events that are kind of the same thing to me. And it's officials, it's NHL discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I had no, I had, I had nothing, nothing to say other than Evander Kane is right. He is the because I think of- two nights later, even he had a gif of someone delivering the exact same hit that Kane did now, albeit without the history in the program, the supplemental discipline program, but there was no penalty on the play and no hearing, no nothing about it. It's just, it all comes down to the biggest issue with officiating is what is their mandate game to game, day to day? Because it changes all the time. It is not the rule book. It's never the rule book. It, it's it's an the rule book loosely based. It's an interpretation of the rule book, just like all law is an interpretation of what's been written. Yeah. Nobody, if you applied it verbatim, there'd hardly be anyone walking the streets because we'd all be in jail. And it would not be entertaining product at the end of the day 
But... Right, because it goes back to that. There's a play. There's a penalty on every shift in every game. Mm-hmm. One, because have... it's dumb how half the rules are written. <sighs> Some of them are. I'm not going to disagree with you, but that sort of leads into the whole thing of Evander King sort of is the walking meme, you know, the the embodiment of the meme, the worst person in the world, you know, just made a great point. He's not that bad of a human being. He's He's a giant He just has a serious case of the red mist when he's on the ice. And I think he is all hat and no cattle. With, you know, with his with his blustering when it comes to hockey, it, it's great for wrestling promos, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the stuff going on between him and Ryan Reeves and calling him the Muffin Man, and you see Kane get whacked in a game and won't stand up to the person that hit him because it was Lucic because he doesn't want any of that. So who goes to fight Lucic for the tough guy, Evander Kane? Bradley Goodrow, or Barkley Goodrow. So... <laughs> um. That's why I say he's all hat and no cattle. <sighs> I, I will contend. I will con- continue to contend. The biggest issue with, you know, the Department of Player Safety with officiating is the general managers and Colin Campbell. But the general managers, the ones that are in charge of dictating rules and calling, you know, Stephen Walkham up on the phone they should not be in charge. They should not have the ability, especially since we're seeing a shift in their responsibilities and a shift in, honestly, how often they get fired. They should not be put in charge of rules or dictating rules or whatever the rule book should say. So I, I'm going to post this one to you guys because we're, we're starting to go a little long. What sort of governing body should the NHL have? an individual, a group of individuals, whatever you think. Who should be in charge of establishing the rules and enforcing the rules? Follow us on Twitter at 3v3podcast. the game i just watched twitter and all the reactions and it was awesome uh i i had just flipped over from the rangers sharks game literally like about two minutes after he got into net and and they scored those first two goals and i was trying to i was trying to figure out what was going on without having to look back in time Mm -hmm. and and I waited till the intermission and then sort of saw what all was going on. I was like, Oh, well, this is going to get interesting. Not quite the interesting. I was thinking it would get. (laughs) There was more than one game last night. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Not according to people in Toronto. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I mean, this is uh, disbelief on like multiple levels. Two goaltenders get hurt, and not just that, but Brett Pesci goes down. And I'm just like, oh, God, these guys are 
winning. <laughs> oh no, everybody everybody was like so convinced that their team was going to lose. And I'm and I actually tweeted, I'm like, I don't think since since the NHL doesn't have ties anymore, I don't think that's actually possible. <laughs> uh, no, but that belief was the most NHL fan thing in the world. Oh yeah. Yeah, Leafs fans were like, oh, we're totally gonna lose to you know, the Zamboni driver and the, uh, but you know, the Canes fans had like a legitimate, and that was actually a legitimate concern because, you know, it's like, here's this amateur 42 year old, um, hockey player. No, uh, not technically an employee, but of, of the, of the arena where the Marlies play. Right. And, um, you know, and they, they're down both goalies and a defenseman, and they're like, okay, so, yeah, we're going to lose. I mean, they had a legitimate concern for that. It was the Leafs fans that were all like, we're so going to lose to this guy. <laughs> it was the irrational after, fear. <laughs> after, well, no, because after they potted those first two really quickly, it almost was like, oh, God, you know, this is going to be a steamroll in the third period. Mm-hmm. And then I'm I, I just – you know, and it's not like the Canes lost a a five six defenseman. They lost one of their top four, who is a penalty killer. You know, who is just a minute machine. Just like, what am I watching? What the hell am I watching? And I kept, I kept looking around. Um, I had my iPad on one game, and then I was streaming this one on the TV. And I just kept, you know, keeping an eye on the Sharks Rangers game and. And the more I was, you know, every time there'd be a break in play, I'd switch to the other one, you know, with attention. Every time I found myself seeing a break in play in Toronto and I'd, I'd be less and less interested in the Sharks game because the <laughs> clock was just winding down. And I was just, I'm in disbelief, like, there's 10 minutes left and I don't think they've had but like four shots since the third period started. What and then you're seeing players stumbling, you know, like Marner just. I there was a play. I think it was during the power play. I don't remember exactly what, but there was a play where Marner was coming in from the blue line in the offensive zone, and he just was stumbling forward. And in my head, I'm playing all those Hanna Barbera cartoon sound effects, <laughs> you know, with a you know, just like, oh my God, what the hell am I watching? What was he watching, Pat? Yeah, um, I'm still not sure. Usually, so... The funny thing is, so Reimer goes out. I think he took himself out of the game, or the team finally took him out at the first TV timeout. And at that point, we're looking up, all right, who's the emergency guy going to be? Because uh, Kane's fans will remember, I think it was three seasons ago now, uh, one of the equipment managers, a guy who I played with ever so briefly in college, uh, George Alves. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dressed in a game, and he's like, he is the David Ayers for the Canes. He he is their extra practice goalie. On longer road trips, he would actually have his equipment with him, so in theory, he could sign a contract. Um, although... NHL's arcane rules mean, you know, they can't choose their own guide. They're subject to whomever the home team has available. Um, 
So I just started looking him up, and then you hear, oh, he, he's a Leafs employee. Well, technically, that's not true. He's the Zamboni driver for the Marlies. Well, he used to be, but he's not anymore. The guy actually runs or is a building manager for whatever Maple Leaf Gardens is now. Yeah. Well, At I least on the sports side. I yeah. found that interesting. But as soon as he steps onto the ice in the second... I was like, oh, crap, here we go. You just you just see that Marley's goalie mask, you know, because it was effectively done up like the Marley's with their crest mm-hmm. on both sides and the blue and white pads. And Well, apparently he has a bunch of uh, their current AHL number one, uh, Casimir Cassie-Swa. Yeah, Cassie-Swa. Cassie not going to start a game in the NHL again anytime soon. No. Well, I mean... Not for the Leafs. He would have looked great behind any other team as evidence last night. <laughs> um, apparently, that's all his old gear. Oh, that explains it. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, as local guys are want to do, you know, especially goalies, even even in a large market, once you get on the inside, you get the hand. I, I I I'm staring through the interwebs at you, Mister H Wade Mentor. Oh. <laughs> Who, for those that don't know, I actually play on a beer league team with the voice of the PA address, the PA announcer. God, they need a new name for that. Um, yeah, PA announcer well, for the Hurricanes. It's the inner arena. It's the in in arena announcer. Yeah, I can't even say that word because exactly. Just like, what the hell? Oh, uh, just too much on? laughing has just damaged really my is. already <laughs> terrible speaking ability. Just. <laughs> Oh my God! I've just yeah, Steve Dangle had the best tweet of the night. <laughs> he wasn't even trying to be funny. His tweet was, "I'm not big on small sam- on small sample sizes, but if you lose to your own Zamboni driver, you might be sellers." <laughs> <laughs> the old he was the only person I felt bad for last night. I didn't feel bad for anyone on the roster. Oh, I didn't. The feel coaches bad for on the roster. I felt bad for him. Cause... I felt bad for him and a couple other people that I am friends with that are Leafs fans. I, I work with a yeah. guy out here who is a big Leafs fan. I've got another uh, uh, virtual friend on Twitter who is a Leafs fan. I felt bad for them, but yeah, yeah, yeah I just, yeah, I just, wow. Yeah. So through some back channels, <laughs> I made sure I had a friend reach out to him, uh, just make sure. <laughs> Can we pay for whatever you are going to ultimately drink out of your cup for your next <laughs> LFR? Um, and then we reached out to some people at the uh, at the Marley's just to see, all right, what's the, what, what's the deal with this guy? Because, you know, lo and behold, he's going to be in the area on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. No, the, the, the canes are flying him down. Mm-hmm. They're, they're doing the – they're going to trot out the whole, like, they're... nine yards and, and... – Treat this well, guy like royalty. I was um The governor tweeted the governor of the state of North Carolina <laughs> tweeted that he would be an honorary citizen of the state of North Carolina. Oh, uh, uh the mayor of Raleigh has already declared, unfortunately, she'll be unable to attend because of previous meetings. Tuesday will be known as David Ayer's Day in the city. <laughs> I know, here's the best part. The best part is that Ayers said last night that he was supposed to practice with the Leafs today. 
Oh, and he did because he did an interview with NBC in his equipment at the facility after practice. I was, uh, yeah, because if you don't know, this is a, we had to do this. We had to do this drop in and it is Sunday, the Sunday after. And I was watching the, after the caps, Penguins game was over. I flipped over to start watching the Bruins, or not Bruins, Sabres, Jets um, pregame and game. And I was watching the Sabres pregame. And Brian Duff and Brian Boucher were just having a blast with it. And they were sort of giving more context as to who he is and what was going on in his story, which I thought was great. Um, Brian Duff said, you know, hey, it's a guy from my same home, you know, from my hometown of Whitby, Ontario. And apparently the T-shirts that the Canes printed that night, the away T-shirt jerseys with the Canes, the away Canes on the front and then Ayers 90 on the back, they are going to get him royalties and they're also going to contribute um, donations to a kidney research fund because he's apparently not apparently he is a, a kidney donor. Ayers got a kidney like 15 years ago, a transplant. Mm-hmm. So you know, win, 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 win. <laughs> uh, James Duffy actually had tweeted out last night too that um, thanks for trade saving Trade Center. <laughs> I mean, seriously, <laughs> we can talk about you all day. <laughs> Well, his story is just, you know, every, every, everything that I've seen, you know, as obviously people start uncovering more and more things or they start talking to him, there's just a little bit more. You're just like, yeah, okay, you know, run with it. You got, you got at least probably a four day news cycle out of this until Toronto blows everything up on Monday. Oh, God. No, they, they also, people were retweeting his wife. Oh, oh, his wife was awesome. Oh, she also. Because he was going in for the other team, and she's a Leafs fan like he is. You know, her her first tweet was, F me. (laughs) (laughs) And some of the replies to that were, yeah, I I reported a few of those. Yeah, you know, there's the the internet bullies, you know, and anonymity just breeds so much idiocy. Um, So... I mean, his his appearance, the fact that he even had to play in the game may end up saving some part of Trade Center tomorrow because the Canes are probably going to have to do something they didn't want to do. Um, <laughs> oh, no, they were reporting last night, uh, uh, Sarah Sivin mm-hmm. and... Um, Lazarus. Oh, yes, thank you. We're both reporting that Chicago and and, and Carolina were in talks. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. Before the you know. game even ended. <laughs> and then not to mention that, but Zach Bogosian's name will come up because they will need to trade. They will need to find a defender yeah. um, to fill the gap because they have options in the AHL to as a stopgap. I don't think they have anyone they would be comfortable utilizing going into a playoff stretch. Yeah, and that's just what I was, you know, aside from all the the schadenfreude of of toronto are, are the real the real fallout is you know the situation that led to him being there does not look good because um pesci's out long term according to brenda moore Mrazek was needed to be evaluated reimer they were unclear 
but it looked like it would be a while, you know, and, and I know this has been brought up and I don't know where it stands right now, but they're going to end up calling up both guys from, from Charlotte, the, the Delkovich and, um, oh God, I can't remember his name. Anton Forsberg. Forsberg. Yeah. Cause he was in the uh, Columbus system for a while. And, you know, if they're on the NHL roster, before or after a trade deadline, does that disqualify them, or does emergency call up give them a provision to where they can go back down to the AHL? Because yeah. you don't want to obviously decimate, you know, Charlotte, um, or have these or have these guys unable to go play for the rest of the season. So I'm hoping, I don't, I didn't go dig that far in the CBA, I haven't had a chance to, but I'm hoping that the emergency call up gives them at least a 30 day window. That or something along those lines, but should be able to do the little afternoon paper transaction. Uh, cause I expect, so both guys were playing, uh, I think they might've been in Bridgeport. They were on the ro- road last night, but, uh, um, I expect both. So today is an off day for the Canes and I expect both players to be in Raleigh tomorrow for practice. But it, it's going to be a interesting 24 hours in Carolina, and it might have a chain reaction because I was skeptical if, say, either Chicago goalie was dealt. Now is it a little more likely? Yeah. I, everything that I've heard prior and sort of seen, and, and my suspicion, you know, if I was Stan Bowman, was, was it would have probably been Leonard, and he was going to ask for quite a bit. And... That I think was sort of a, a, a an inhibitor to some teams for making the deal, but now I think you've got one team that's figuratively got a gun to their head because they don't, you know, their their goaltending situation is completely unknown for the remainder of the season and for how long. Yeah, and as progressive as a coach as Rod Brendamore may be, and he has great post game speeches, <laughs> which we'll get to in <laughs> that a was minute. A good one, yeah. But he's still a hockey coach at the end of the day, and he likes what he knows. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, the Dougie Hamilton deal or the Dougie Hamilton injuries forced him to play former first round pick um, Hayden Flurry more and more. And you might have noticed him in last night's game because he's, he's a decent defender when he gets to play more than 10 minutes a night. Yeah. And he's not sitting for long stretches. And. That was a situation forced because of circumstances, not by choice. So, I mean, I figured the Canes would be quiet and they weren't looking to find a rental at any point. And now they're they're probably forced into doing that and giving up probably Toronto's first round pick because who knows where that's going to end at this point. <laughs> it's, it's, it's top 10 protected, I think. It, it is, but yeah, I mean... But still. I mean, as we said, in the, uh, as we said in uh, our previously recorded piece, uh, the league does not cater to the Maple Leafs whatsoever. It does not. (laughs) So there's no way they're winning a lottery. It's well outside a chance. It's it's top Uh, 10 protected. Guess what's not in the top 10? 11. Yep. (laughs) Oh, not not to mention this. This crazy story, out. I mean, it just buried Ovi's 700. <laughs> yes, it did. Well, and then and then Pierre Lebrun had to, like, splash some cold water on everybody last night, too. 
Um, he tweeted that the GM meetings are March 2nd to the 4th in Boca Raton. Pencil an emergency goalie protocol on the agenda, just to guess. Well, that's why I was um, one of the things that they that they brought up in the in the Sabres pregame is as uh, Rob Ray was given. Um, <laughs> now I said Brian Boucher earlier. I didn't mean Brian Boucher. Um, oh God! Now his name completely blanks me. Marty Biron. Thank you, God. Um, Rob Ray was given the gears to Marty Biron a little bit during the pregame thing, and they brought up the real concern. You know. Is the best e-bug you can find in Toronto really a 42-year-old? You know? Yeah, and some people, there were a couple of people that tweeted, you know, what's wrong with putting in a, a professional women's goaltender? Well, as your... there's, there's, I mean, there still has to be some procedure, you know. It, well, you I can't put a pro in. It has to be an amateur. That's currently well, the rules. Yeah, right, but that's a but, rule. Let's... I, I don't want to. I don't want to delve into that because I think that's a whole different subject. Yeah. But just in this scenario, you can't tell me that there's a 25 or 26 or you know some kid playing um, uh, Canadian collegiate hockey. You know, mm-hmm. out, outside of you know, no offense to the guy, he you know, he had a blast. He didn't. It wasn't asked to do a hell of a lot, and he made some saves and. Did what you were supposed to, and did exactly what it was supposed to. But yeah, I, that's that's the real sort of stick in the mud type scenario. Is like, yeah, you're in the center. You know, I could understand the the Zamboni driver for the the Canes. You know, one of the Canes practice facilities being the e-bug because you're not going to find a lot of quote unquote amateur hockey players in that region. But come on, really in Toronto. Well, I, I will say that the ice technician for the Canes is a goalie by trade. Right. So, right. So, so you know. So is there PA address? No, no. Yeah, no. Thank God it never went down that road. Sorry, Wade. God, I would <laughs> die. I would die laughing if that, you know. Would would he uh, would he run back into the booth to call goals against himself? Um, he may. <laughs> I mean, he needs to be mic'd up. He would have to be mic'd up. Yeah. Make oh, all the gosh. calls from the ice. <laughs> Hurricanes goal scored by. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> god awesome. Wheel, wheel, wheel! <laughs> scored by wheel. Did we trade for Jordan Wheel? Um, yeah. Just, sorry. <laughs> okay, I think we can dump now because this just had to be done. This is one of those situations that just had to be done. Yeah. And you know what else this is gonna outshadow? McJesus is back tonight. Uh, I think we've got enough window that it'll it'll be that you know this uh, news cycles driven by Toronto are are 36 hours until you know because it'll eventually shift from the great story that he is and the great outcome of that story and because the news cycle is so fast it'll it'll quickly shift to what a circus the Leafs were in the third period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then it leads into trade center tomorrow right. and has ramifications there. Exactly. And then he's, then he's going to get his moment to shine in Carolina right. Tuesday night. Right. And so, then he can hopefully go back to a normal life. Right. Right. And that's what I was going to say is you're going to have that, you know, that, that the way that always happens is you attain some instant fame, 
there is a slide and then there's a little bounce because you get brought in to do something special as a result and then you can just sort of go back and and do what we're doing which is just sort of laugh at the insanity of the whole thing and i can promise you this he will get shelled in his first beer league game back (laughs) after this experience Well, he can even walk today, you know. <laughs> I I felt I felt so bad for him on a certain degree because there was a, a a hit that Kyle Bukakis did, you know, when he was sort of setting the whole thing up, saying, you know, his last professional game was this many years ago, where he gave up eleven goals on, you know, some thirty-five or something shots, and I'm just like going, "Wow, man, honk the horn before you drive the bus over the guy." I mean, you could have just yeah. said he hasn't played a game professionally or in, in, you know, in anger, as I like to say, in, you know, X number of years. Don't throw his stats out there. But, hey, he, he got the hockey night towel, which is worth more than his game per diem, I'm sure. Uh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> the first star in the hockey night towel. And the last thing I'll say, and I'll leave you two to close up shop, is God love the the people at the Scotiabank Arena booed their team off the ice, hung around, and gave that guy a standing O as he was named the first star. Which is damn you know, right. I mean, he did him. have more shots than the Maple Leafs in the third period. It seems like <laughs> yeah, that's right because he got credited for a shot on that clearing attempt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god, it just keeps getting worse the more I remember. <laughs> Take us home before I die laughing. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I just, I'm I'm waiting for the gut check overreaction from the Maple Leafs tomorrow. Because something will happen. What's it gonna be? Who's the scapegoat? Oh, it's Dubis, but. Okay, <laughs> back to your normally scheduled program. Follow us on Twitter at 3B3Podcast. This has been the 3B3Podcast, sponsored by Nobody. <laughs>